Social Zoom Factor, Episode 61. Driving results in business these days takes something special. It's a combination of the right info and the right energy. Pam Moore has both and is here to help you avoid the pitfalls and guide your business and life by leveraging and integrating social media, powerful branding, and digital marketing. Welcome to Social Zoom Factor. Now it's time to live life zoomed. there, Zoomers, and welcome to Social Zoom Factor. This is your host, Pam Moore. I hope that your life and your business is truly just zooming along. I cannot believe that we are already at episode 61. I hope that those of you who have been following us since day one have enjoyed it and have been able to see the progress that we have made. We we look back and listen to some of our first podcasts, and it takes a while to get these things perfected, and we're still learning and growing and as everything we do in our business and our life, we share with you the good and the bad along the way. So I just want to say thank you to everybody out there who has been supporting us and giving us your feedback and letting us know what you like, what you don't like, and what you want to hear more and less of moving forward. And trust me, we are listening to your feedback. And I love the comments that many of you are leaving for us out on iTunes and Stitcher Radio and SoundCloud. And I really encourage you, if you have been following the show, listening to the show, and seeing value, we would love to hear your input. So if you could please leave us a review on whatever platform you're listening to it on and let us know your thoughts. It also really helps us enable that more people are able to hear the podcast as well. It helps iTunes and the others know that we are the real deal and we are here to help you Zoom your business and your life. So let's go ahead and get started. Today we are talking about a really cool thought process that I want you to think about in building your community and building your business. And it's about building something that is bigger than yourself because people are who are in our communities. And when we think about social media, it's so easy to just get hung up in the bits and the bytes and the technology and the platforms and the measurement and the data. And many brands, and as most of you know, we work with brands of all sizes from solopreneurs up to Fortune 50 organizations. I mean, some top brands. And what we find across the board, usually when organizations are having a hard time and marketing and business leaders are just not seeing the ROI in their marketing, in their social business efforts, and their social marketing efforts is they have lost track of what it is to connect with community, what it is to build community, and how they can actually connect with the people that are within their communities. So that's part of what we're talking about today. And we're talking about just one piece of that. And what it is, is the concept around people no longer buy things, people join things. This is something that I have been preaching and teaching for 15 years since my corporate career. And as you know, I spent 15 years in corporate America. But think about it. Humans are creatures of habit. And oftentimes, our behaviors as people are predictable. Old habits are so hard to break. Why would we expect social media to be any different? Why should we expect that just because marketers can now connect with anyone across the world in a simple 140 character tweet, as an example, that they will default 
to do it any different than the days of email marketing, spam, direct mail, and traditional broadcast marketing advertising. And as you know, I do not believe email marketing is dead. I think email marketing is very alive for those who do it right. So I'm not bashing email marketing in any regard. Traditional media and marketing used to be focused primarily on the broadcast message. Remember, it was a one-to-many message focused on delivering the message the brand wanted the recipients to hear. It's here, let's go craft the message and I'm going to go blast it out. And most marketers didn't care if you understood or even really liked the message as long as they had the expected predictions and percentages of return based on the number of eyeballs or ears who heard and read their messages down to a science. I was one of them and I can remember literally being able to predict almost to the penny the return that I would get on things like email blasts and direct marketing, direct mail and all sorts of marketing, traditional marketing mediums. I could predict how recipients would respond. I knew that they were creatures of habit and were taught to behave in a particular way. We were able to teach them to do some of the things we wanted them to do, which today we still can do that. They had no other option if they wanted to to learn about brands, technology, and how to grow their business. But to hear some of these messages, to open the direct mail, to open the email marketing messages. We knew that if they had a need, that eventually they would purchase the product. And the more that we were in their face, the better and deeper brand impression that we could make. The higher our chances were that we would be the chosen brand for their purchase. Anybody remember these days? Guess what, folks? Times have changed and people no longer buy things, they join things. People no longer are amazed by the latest commercial, the billboard or the radio segment. And I think even with everything going on this year with the NFL, all the scandals happening, I think it's going to be interesting to even see what happens with the Super Bowl ads that come. Could be they're not even impacted, but as a marketer, I can't help but already be excited for what that Twitter conversation is going to be like the night of Super Bowl. I can tell you we'll be having a Super Bowl party at our house just to watch the Twitter stream. But people are aren't running to their mailboxes, excited for the next spam letter or the little spam postcard or coupon that you get in the bulk mail pile, right? They're not looking on their iPhone for the next email spam message with a deceptive title only to find that the first three paragraphs are bragging about the company that sent it to you, your company or your revenues. They don't want those messages. They also aren't waking up early in the morning thinking, what Facebook pages am I going to go like today? Or what business pages will I go visit and see what they want to sell me. No, people are waking up overwhelmed with information. They want to connect with real people who will help them make it through the day. People who can share their ups and their downs, who will be humble and help teach them. People who will support them, inspire them, educate them and help them grow. They want to connect with real people and make real friends. They want to interact with brands and most importantly, the humans within the brand. Brands. They want to know that your brand has humans within it, that you are deeper than just a logo and an avatar out on Twitter. They aren't thinking first of what they are going to buy. Instead, they are looking for things to join. It is human nature that we want to connect, that we want to be accepted, that we want to be a part of a group that will make you feel better. They will buy products from communities who make them feel good. People buy from people and they will buy from you when you make them feel like a person, not a number. 
And this is why, my friends, people run to platforms like Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and Google Plus and LinkedIn. It's not just about sharing pictures or status updates or spying on their friends, their neighbors or their competitors. It's about being accepted. It's about fitting in both online and in real life. And think about when you first purchased your first Apple product, because I think Apple is the greatest example of this. Think about when you first purchased the iPod or the iPhone or whatever your first Apple product was. Or maybe if you're an Android, what was your first Android purchase? Did you purchase it only because you wanted the product? Of course, at that time, you maybe did. But you also purchased it because you instantly became a member of the white earbud community. You were part of something, something bigger than you could be by yourself. Those white headphones and iPhone connect you with people you don't know. Even if you don't want to admit it right now, you know deep down that it's true. Why do you think people go wait in line for a day to get the new iPhone 6 or 6 Plus? Why am I waiting 28 to 35 days, which is the prediction for me to receive my new iPhone 6 Plus? I love the product, yes, but I'm also part of a community. I connect with people through apps and through websites and through all sorts of other technology mediums that enable me to communicate and to build relationships and to share information and to digest information, receive information and make new friends. So let's talk about this. What does it mean to build community? What does it mean to build something that is bigger than yourself? How do we help people become part of our community? And how do we build something that is bigger than each of us can be by ourselves? How do we give people something to join, not just something to buy? And if this is something that is new to you, if you have never thought about it, I know it's a different thought process. And sometimes when I speak about this, I do a lot of teaching and presenting. We do a lot of workshops and keynotes for different events. And I love some of the debates on this topic because people will say, well, Pam, people really do buy things. You know, I don't always need to be part of a community. I don't always need to join a community or be part of something bigger when I buy toilet paper, for example. Of course, I agree with you. I don't need to go be part of the Charmin community because I'm using Charmin toilet paper. So this isn't true for every single product does not need this tight knit community around it. But what I want you to do today is just think about this. And I want you to think about how you can build something that enables your market, your customers, your community, the people in your network to join something that's bigger than what you do by yourself or what they do by themselves. People want value. People want to be part of something that offers what I call a sticky fabric. And your role as a business leader, a marketing leader, a brand, a company, and a community leader is to help build that fabric. Facebook is not the fabric. Facebook is the platform, the materials of which the medium depends on. You, my friends, are the fabric, your heart, your voice, and your time. That is the fabric that I'm referring to. Brands that learn this early in the adoption cycle of social media are going to be far ahead of their competition. If you look at the brands today that are truly rocking the social web, this is what they're doing. They are about something bigger than themselves. They are building a fabric that makes people want to stick around. Facebook 
Facebook is not going to solve your business problems. You are going to solve your business problems just as you have been doing since the day you opened your business doors or you accepted your position at your organization. Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and the million other platforms that are out there are the vessel. They are the tools and the technology for which you can build the fabric that connects you and your brand with the people. Got it? It's the conversation, the time that you take to invest in people, the knowledge, and the human connection with other human beings that makes your fabric sticky. It's not about asking for likes or begging me to take a non-existent Twitter conversation to Facebook when we haven't even spoke to begin with. So let's talk about this. I have 15 tips to help you build a community and to help you build something that is bigger than yourself, something that is going to enable you to have something that people want to join, that people want to do more than just buy, something that enables you to help inspire your audience to connect with you with a goal of helping them achieve their goals. And when you help your community and your audience achieve their goals, you achieve yours by default. Number one, we need to invest in people first and business second. Always be thinking about value, relevancy, context, value their time, value every word and every minute that they read or that they listen to. Make it as meaningful as you possibly can and make sure that you make it memorable. Give them an experience that they want to share. Create memorable experiences. And it's about what you can do for the people, not just your business. It's what you can do to build a community of people who will support one another. It's also about how they can help one another. Number two is quit measuring success by Facebook likes, number of followers, or your influence score, your clout score, those types of things. You need to make sure that you are selecting the right metrics and that you are choosing metrics that are aligned to your goals. So you're setting goals, you're setting business objectives, and align social where it can have an impact on your business and quit measuring success and building community only by likes. You need to be looking at the quality of the people who are engaging with you. Who likes your page and are they ever coming back to talk to you? Because approximately 97 plus percent of people that ever like a Facebook page will never go back to that page, my friends. So the likes mean nothing if you are not inspiring them to come subscribe to your content, to add it to a favorite, to make sure that they check out your blog, check out your website, you know, listen to your podcast, do something more than just click like. And same goes for the influence scores. Influence scores are vanity metrics. And so are the Facebook likes if they're not leading you to business outcomes, if they're not leading you to desirable actions that your audience is taking that helps them move closer to you and your brand. And Influence scores are the same way, where influence scores, a lot of marketing leaders in large and small brands are getting really caught up with influence scores, and they're getting over-focused on building their personal brands and their influence scores, and they are losing grip on why they're doing social in the first place. And as I always say, if you do the right things for the people in your community, for your audience, for your stakeholders, 
your influence numbers are going to work out organically. I have never played at the influence score game. You can go look at my clout score. It's usually a 73, 74, somewhere around there. I know for a fact I could have a higher influence score. But you know what? I don't care. I'm not going to go spend my day on Twitter retweeting people and talking 24 hours a day just to increase my score. My score stays where it is, which is good because I provide value on a consistent basis that is relevant and that is contextual to what my audience wants to hear. Okay. Those are the things you need to be looking at. You want to be looking at metrics such as does your audience like your content? Live in Google Analytics. Live inside your Facebook insights to find out is your content sticky? Are you building a sticky community that we talked about earlier? Number three is pretty simple. Don't spend too much time following your competition. And I've talked about this in some other podcasts, but bottom line here, be your own duck, okay? Be your own person. Build your own brand and don't over-focus on what is your competition doing? Who are they hanging out with? all day long. You don't need to go hang out with all the same people. You need to build your own strategy. You need to have your own marketing strategy. Who are you going to connect with? Who are the influencers that are going to help you build your brand? What is your outreach strategy? What's your content strategy based upon the goals of your audience and the goals of your business? Do not overfocus on your competition because you're not going to be giving your community something unique that they can join. It's going to look like everybody else out there. So focus on a unique experience that is memorable and that is shareable. Number four is to be human. Treat me as a human. Come out behind the avatar and the logo. Show the you. Turn up the volume of the you factor and share yourself and your brand with me. Take a risk and let me know you want to connect with me as a human and not just as a cash register. And I encourage you to check out episode five, which is brand humanization in a nutshell. And it's a great short 10 minute or less podcast that walks you through what we exactly mean when we refer to humanized brands. Number five is learn more about me than babbling about yourself all day. All right. So spend more time getting to know me. Maybe click around to the community members who are part of your community. Who is hanging out on your Facebook page? Who's talking to you? Take a day, take half a day, take an hour. I don't care how long you take, but just take some time and click through to some of the other Facebook pages who are engaging with you. Check out their personal profiles. If you're on Twitter, take a look at who's talking to you, who's retweeting you, who's favoriting your content. Learn about them. Learn about how you can better serve them. Because the better you know your audience, the better you're going to be able to inspire and connect with them. Number six is provide structure for your community, but also let the community organically grow. And this is really important because I'm a part of a lot of different private Facebook groups and LinkedIn groups. And it's amazing how different of a feel I have in many of these groups. Some of the groups are on one end of the spectrum where they are not structured enough, you know, and some of the large brands uh, have created these private influencer groups. And it's pretty obvious the only time they want to talk to influencers is when they have an event coming up and it's all about them. On the other end of the spectrum, you have some people that just throw together a group 
and they just use it for spam, you know, and I know some really large Google Plus groups out there that there's a ton of activity, but it's just spam. And everybody's logging into these groups 24 hours a day and just blasting noise, including the people that own the group. So you want to be somewhere in between there. You want to have a healthy, what I call a drumbeat of communication. You want to have this pulse, this heartbeat of action that's happening in your community, but you want it to be healthy. And you want to give structure so that people feel safe within your community. You want them to know that if somebody is in there spamming, if somebody is in there trolling or bashing other members, that they're going to be taken care of. And you need to make sure they feel comfortable. Is your group a group that is staying somewhat private where you're not going to be sharing, you know, who is a member of that profile. There's all types of different settings you can use within most of the platforms, including Facebook, for example. You can choose whether it's an open group, a closed group, or a secret group. So I really encourage you to whatever platform you are building your groups, and if you're using one of the public social networks, that you really take the time to learn these features. And then when we think about structure, you also want to be thinking about things like who are the organic leaders within the group? Who are the people that ensure there is uh, that healthy conversation happening and communication? Who is going to answer questions? How reactive are you going to be? How responsive are you going to be in answering questions? What type of information are you going to share? When is it okay for members to share links and URLs? When is it not okay for them to share links and URLs? As an example, we have our Get Real Chat every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern time on Twitter. I encourage you to check it out. It is a Twitter chat with hundreds of marketers every single Tuesday. We talk about all these things. We've been meeting for three and a half years and it's a community that is really growing and thriving. And we have a private Facebook group as well. And the way that we handle URLs and sharing of information, every week I give the opportunity for people to share relevant content. So if they have content that is relevant to whatever that conversation is for that week, they are more than welcome to share the URL to their blog post or somebody else's blog post or a video or a podcast that can help the community learn. And then we also have a pretty open environment within in the Facebook group as well, where people can share information. By no means do we permit or support spamming. However, the community knows if they have a new blog post they want to get some traction for or some exciting news that they are launching, a new product or service, we are absolutely there to help them get the word out. And it is a community that is absolutely based on trust and relationships. And we truly are about being something bigger than any of us can be on our own. Number seven is to be innovative and don't depend on just the big social networks such as Facebook or Twitter or LinkedIn to build your community. Think about how can you build community off of those networks? What can you do on your blog? What can you do something unique within the environment. Like on Twitter, think about launching a tweet chat. If you are in an area where maybe your group is local, it has a geography foundation to it, think about hosting an offline meetup or once a month get together, even if it's at a restaurant or an office where you can do that type of thing. Maybe you could do a quarterly training or a webinar, but just be creative and just know you are not stuck to those traditional platforms. Now, 
number eight is quit asking me and others to like you or follow you or check you out on your blog or on Instagram or on LinkedIn. Inspire them to connect with you. And if you have connected with me or anybody else on Twitter, appreciate the fact that I've connected with you on Twitter. If I've followed you on Twitter, you don't need to automatically send me an automated direct message that you're sending to everybody else telling me to follow you on Facebook. To me, it's just showing that you could care less about my relationship with you because you're sending me the same spam message that you're sending to everybody else. And respect and appreciate the fact that I've connected to you on one social network before you go blabbling and begging me and spamming me to connect with you somewhere else. Same thing goes for LinkedIn. I get so much spam on LinkedIn. Quit spamming people on LinkedIn. Connect with them first. Build a relationship with them first before you start pushing an inbox message to them, telling them to come check out your blog or your opt-in form, whatever it may be. Inspire them to connect with you with a goal of helping them achieve your goals and your results will be so much better. Number nine is build a sticky fabric that makes people want to stick around. And we talked a lot about this at the beginning of this podcast. So just build that fabric that gives people something of unique value. Make the conversation, make the information, make that person-to-person communication and relationship something that is memorable. Give that fabric that enables people to just nurture relationships. And this my friends, is some of that magic sauce. If you can help build this sticky fabric that enables people to help one another, you are so far already ahead of your competition. Number 10 is help the members of your community make a difference in this world and help them be part of something that helps other people enable them to help others. Because really, the reason most people have started their business or started their career is to help something. They want to help people. They want to build something. So help them make a difference in this world. And whether that be just empowering them with knowledge and information and human connection, or whether that be taking your community and adopting a charity, for example. So that's something we're getting ready to do with the Get Real Chat community. We've been talking about it for a long time, and we're finally going to do it. And we are going to look at several different charities, and I'm going to take it to the community. And then we are going to choose one or two of them that we are going to support as a group. And we are going to encourage people to do things offline in their own time, in their own cities to support this charity. And then we're also going to do some bigger events together. So we're going to give an opportunities for people to come together and to make a difference in this world as a group and as a community. And so anybody who knows me, if you know anything about my story, I spent 15 years in corporate America. And I'll tell you one of the key reasons that I started my business is if you saw my whole business plan, what I'm doing right now, friends, is just chapter one. And it is a means to get to what will be the final chapters, because I hope that one day I know that one day I will spend a good 90% of my time on social good activities. And this is just 
the the framework, the structure, the fabric that's going to enable us to get there. So there's nothing that excites me more than being able to make a difference in this world. And I truly eat, sleep and breathe what I'm talking to you about on this podcast. I personally want to be part of something bigger than myself. I want to build things that enable all of us to be something bigger together than we can be individually. So I encourage you, if you are struggling in your business, if you are struggling getting movement with your social communities, try this week taking the focus off of yourself and instead put it on the exterior of your organization. Put it on the people outside of your organization because bottom line, you can never go wrong by investing deeply in communities and the human beings within them. So go give your community something to join, not just something to buy. Thank you so much for listening to this today. I know that your time is so valuable. I encourage you to check out some of the resources that are relevant to this conversation. I will post them at socialzoomfactor.com slash 61 because this is episode 61 and I encourage you to check those out. It will be a combination of podcasts, of white papers, worksheets, and even a video. I have a video called The Heartbeat of Social Media and I think it's very relevant for this conversation. So hope this episode was enlightening to you. I hope that it inspires you to connect with your audience in a different way, in a more deep way than you have done before. Have an amazing week. That's a wrap. If you're ready to Zoom your business and Zoom your life, then don't let the end of this episode be the end of your journey. Visit socialzoomfactor.com slash zoom for incredible free resources and guides. And be sure to join the Social Zoom Factor mailing list so you never miss an episode. We'll see you next time on Social Zoom Factor.